1: Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Russell Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing?
2: I'm right, thanks man. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Good weekend?
1: A very good weekend. I was back at uni for the retirement lunch of one of my nearest, dearest Lord Shooters. Brilliant, brilliant man. wow. Yeah, it was an amazing, amazing event. Really special. Um, People flew from all over, travelled from all over to see him on his way. So yeah, it was a great joy and there was also some excellent football to watch. Yep, I had a great time.
0: Lovely. Also, can I say that as well, nice.
1: for the first time ever, I'm normally someone that watches chooses the wrong games to watch. I tuned into five different games over the course of this weekend. On every single occasion, a goal was scored within five minutes of tuning in. That has what never happened before. Uh, it was Barcelona-Fuelva, um, atleti um Chelsea-Spurs, uh, what were the other two? Pa- uh, PSG-Leon, and there was a fifth one. Yeah, five games. Oh, yeah, Roma uh, Frosinone. So, yeah, five games. I tuned in, and like within five minutes, I was like, oh my goodness. I couldn't <laughs> <even> go. <laughs> Good times, yeah.
2: Musokwanga, goal whisperer.
1: Great games, all of them, as well. Great games, all of them. So, yeah, very... Some
2: great games this weekend. There um were. The WSL was back this weekend, but you were, you were on Counterpress. Yeah, How, how you are you Flo doing Flo before we Jesse. get to that? How, how are you doing? How are you doing? Ah, yeah, I am fine, man. Don't worry about it. Just <laughs> keep going. Just go, keep, keep going. going. <laughs> uh, you joined Flo and Jesse on Counterpress talking about Arsenal's home defeat to Liverpool on the opening day of the WSL season because you were there. I was, yeah, yeah. You and the, a lot of the Wrighties House gang were there. Uh, so go check Counterpress. We're not going to talk WSL today. We'll leave it to to Flo, Jesse, and special guest Muson Kwon.
1: I was very, very honoured to be asked. Um, love the work they're doing over there. So, yeah.
2: Great gang. Um you're gonna be on Wright's house tomorrow as well. Yeah. The Buso tour <laughs> continues. <laughs> Extra podcast added due to phenomenal public demand. Uh so you're gonna be on Wright's house with Carl. Yeah. I might drop in. I'll see. We'll see. see. Well we'll see. Um <laughs> and then we'll be doing Champions League on Thursday, you and I. Mm. Champions League is back this week. But um any other admin? I think that's it. That's it. No, yeah, we're going to focus our attention probably where well, we have on, to. Uh, yeah, I think it's well on the thing that everyone's talking about, and just because we have we just, to talk about, just, it, I think we're just yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's get into some football after this. All right, man. There is only one place to start. I know you're going to do. You're going to do that thing again. <laughs> Go on, Saint Pauli. I knew at it. Top of the Schweizer oh, Bundesliga. God. No. Shouts to St. Paulie, but we're not going to talk about St. Paulie being top Obviously, the only place to start this weekend was Wren's mascot tackling Non's mascot. Yes. <laughs> <There he is. laughs> who had to be stretched off the field. And then giving a oh. post-match interview. Then giving like a post-incident interview. The most menacing-looking mascot after he just floored the Non mascot. Anyway. All in good fun, yeah. We have to start in the Premier League because... We do. Um, well... Bit of a kerfuffle this weekend, wasn't there? Well,
1: actually, can we just say, first of all, before we discuss um, Tottenham Hotspur 2, Liverpool 1, before we discuss the outcome and the, the, the narrative, can I talk about what a spectacular game of football this was?
2: Actually, do you know what? Can I can I suggest something else? What's that? Can we actually bank that and shout out some of the other great football that was on in the Premier League this weekend? Because I feel like we're going to go long on that. Okay. And then that's no, gonna. great to Love that too. So can I shout out Villa 6, Brighton 1? Because the XG was hilarious for the scoreline. <laughs> and I mean like truly hilarious. Because we were texting about it, weren't we, this morning? And I was yeah. just like, no, no, no. Did you see their XG? What was it? Uh... Villa 1.58 and Brighton 1.71 and they lost
1: 6-1. Oh, the only consolation for Brighton is, and actually Villa, first of all, shout out, this is the 10th straight, um, Villa posted the 10th straight home win in the Premier League. Incredible records. So shout, shout out to, to Ollie Watkins as well. Absolutely. Villa performance, you know, excellent going forward. There was something I noticed from the game, which I think Lewis Dunk then confirmed in the post match interview. They won a lot of 50-50s, Villa. Mm. Brighton were, not, Brighton were not committed in the 50-50 and they were really slow to press the ball. I don't know if it was tiredness, mentally, physically, whatever, but they were really, really slow on the edge of the box. And some of the positioning for some of the goals was really, again, tired minds, tired feet, maybe a bit of both, The Zerbi alluded to that. Villa were outstanding, but the only consolation for Brighton is they will never defend this badly again. It was just every... Can I... Can I yeah. They might. No, no, but this... I mean, don't get me... I mean, this... They,
2: they, they can't. Me so. But they might.
0: Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's What's a high-risk, high-reward team, right? And, and De Zerbi said afterwards that, you know, they need to get used to playing three games a week. You
1: sound like Frank Ocean. You know that Frank Ocean song, Slide, with Calvin House. He goes, I might. I might. Yeah. <laughs> they can't, but they might. That, you know what? Actually, that maybe that's the slogan for their season, because this is a moment where they're going to come at them differently now. Like, it's like Bielsa's leads. There were teams where, there were games where Leeds would get absolutely blown away playing a certain style, the high risk, high reward. And you know, we've taught, we praised Brighton for their ability to regenerate after losing key players. Mm. But every now and again, when you look at this and you think, does this happen with Kaiseydo and McAllister? I'm not sure. There is a reconfiguration that has to happen when you lose two elite players, two world class players, right? Who are now gracing. Well, Kaiseydo is struggling, but he will grace the Chelsea team at some point. And McAllister settled very well. I just think that you've seen a couple of times this season, Brighton against West Ham, and that's something about like Claret teams maybe, but Brighton against West Ham and now against Villa. Dominating possession, but just getting absolutely cooked on the counter. That is now the blueprint for how to go at them. And that's a problem they've got to solve, I think you know
2: I mean they score a lot of goals and they concede a lot of goals they're gonna you know
1: right right but this but this like, yeah.
2: look their results in the Premier League 4-1 win 4-1 win 3-1 defeat 3-1 win 3-1 win 3-2 defeat at home in the Europa League um, the Carabao Cup is what it is mm. but uh, 3-1 win and then a 6-1 defeat it's a bit so, too
1: interesting isn't it it's a bit too interesting it's, it's a
2: little bit a little bit woo. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
1: but all we'll praise to Villa yeah
2: yeah, Villa were great. And this, I think we've, this is just an example. This is a fixture which just demonstrates how well coached the Premier League is. And, uh, Emery continuing to do great things at Villa. Mm. And, um, and yeah, like, amazing result for them. Um, we need to shout out Wolves for beating Manchester City because do you know what's really weird about this fixture Mm. is when Wolves beat Man City I was like oh what again and then I realised they actually hadn't done it for ages it's just uh, one of those fixtures that always makes you feel like I I don't I can't I I didn't bother going to check I probably should have done but it kind of feels like the fixture that Wolves are close to winning sometimes I don't know I think it's I think I'm getting confused maybe with the Liverpool fixture also because
1: Wolves are always on the verge of beating a huge team because of the way they play because they don't concede much
2: Right. It feels like, like, like there's at least two a season or maybe one a season where the, they'll go to Wolves on a Saturday afternoon and quote-unquote slip up.
1: Well, absolutely. Yeah. You look at like the... I talk about this a lot. I think it was the 1-0 defeat where they get the, um, the red in the first half. Mm. And they were brilliant until the red card came along Wolves against City last season. And I remember thinking, I talk about this a lot because they coached and nullified the threat. Lopetegui did a brilliant job against Guardiola in the head-to-head there. And I just feel like this was a victory that was a long time coming. And it was funny because, you know, it's watching um, the game back and then watching with the Wolves commentary as well, there was talk about, oh, no one saw this coming. I was like, well, actually I did. Not to sound smug, but Wolves and City is a really good matchup for Wolves because you've got very, very smart set of players who, the, the, pr- the problem Wolves have always had is they've just never really had a volume goal scorer. And some might say it's a structural problem, but I do still believe that if Wolves had... Like a brilliant number nine, you see them shoot up the table just because they have everything else. Actually, extremely mm-hmm. resilient. Um, don't give you much. It's kind of like an Atleti type thing uh, with them.
2: Oh, was speaking of Atleti, a former Atleti player Mateus Cunha, doing an absolute man-marking job on Mateo <laughs> there- <laughs> <laughs> like, like Channeling his inner Cholo, just like let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> Atleti alum
1: we love to see it yeah 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 yeah. learned well
2: Atleti Hampton Wanderers that's what it was more like but yeah upwelling uh, shout out shout out
1: to Luton uh, the first Premier League win yeah. over Everton shout out to Rob Edwards um, great interview he gave I think to The Athletic about how they were just uh, the level is just so much higher and the margins are so much smaller but just great to see mm. them coming through and getting that because they have deserved something I think for some of their performances recently so really happy for them really really great <laughs>
2: Uh, Palace beat Manchester United in a, in, a, in a little bit of a revenge match. Gorgeous winner as well. Yeah. Carabao Cup game. Um, Roy Hodgson always does really well at Old Trafford. Mm.
1: So, Doesn't everyone. Do you know what's Sorry. so, you know what's so
2: interesting about this? What's so interesting about this game is that it was so far down the billing on match of the day.
1: Isn't that interesting? Right. Isn't yeah. the, the sign of the kind of the power shift or the dynamic shift? Amazing.
2: Um, Manchester United are in trouble. Yeah. Worst start to a season in 34 years now. Mm. And... Uh, doesn't look like a particularly chipper place at the moment it does not it does not uh, I'm not sure where the answers are going to come from either but um, they need to start figuring it out they quick do, they do who have they got next they've got well they've got Galatasaray at home that'll be calm and then they've got <laughs> if, Galata- the dude, if of Galatasaray Zaha. if Galatasaray win that the then they've got Brimford at home the the revenant home. I mean, Brentford are in a bit of a sticky patch of form, but Brentford could cause. You know, they drew. They drew with Forest on the weekend, but they could. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Brentford going to Old Trafford has got like two-one late win written all over it.
1: Very few games. Very few fixtures look straightforward at the moment. I have
2: mm, to say, that United. Much. Yeah, yeah. Um, It was all straightforward for Newcastle, though. Beat Burnley two-nil, and it was straightforward for West Ham United as well, who beat Sheffield United two-nil. Um, Arsenal beating Bournemouth 4 0 away from home. Lovely moment in this game where. Uh, they gave Kai Havertz the penalty. I so loved that. his first goal. Loved that. And then <laughs> Gabriel just continued to slap Kai Harberts on the head. <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> they really like, like
1: him, don't they? They really like him.
2: Yeah. they yeah. Really, I mean, I think this is the... Well, I'm not going to talk about Arsenal, but just very, very quickly on this. I think this is probably the biggest tell about how the rest of the players feel about him. I think if he was playing that badly, mm. you wouldn't see that. I don't think. So the players are on the pitch with him, even though he may not be scoring or assisting, which I think if they, they, they use those statistics, I think on Match of the Day on Saturday as well. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But if we're just going on goals and assists. But that's not what he is. Like
1: he's like, it's a, not, he's a connective tissue. He's more
2: than that. Yeah. You
1: know, like Guti on his best, Guti on his best. Yeah, form. yeah, yeah. He's sure. like Guti. And I think the thing about Havert, Havertz is, both for Germany, and this is why I'm really excited to have Nagelsmann working with him,
2: oh yeah I mean we didn't even talk about Nagelsmann I'm really excited that Nagelsmann will work
1: with Havertz because I just think they, they're looking at him going all the players know if he catches fire we're moving mm. you know to me mm. it's one of those ones where like if Havertz gets in his bag mm. and starts really getting on the ball like we saw we saw elements of it against Brentford we saw elements of it actually mm. not just defensively but in the attack and the transitions I think if he starts moving then they're, they're really Arsenal go to a different level but we'll see mm. yeah
2: all right, let's talk about the uh, gigantic, elephant-sized human error in the room.
1: But before we do that, the football, maybe just quickly. No,
2: don't be sensible. <laughs> Double down. <laughs> I,
1: because I only want to mention the football first because we're going to Let's lose. mention
2: the football because it was a really good, as a neutral, this was a really fun game of football. I
1: want to say, first of all, just a headline, the bravery with which Spurs play out from the back.
2: I think Spurs are very really <laughs> fun. Oh my
1: goodness. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: I mean, Saar, they, got, they got a little bit of help in hand, but Spurs and mega fun. The first, and the
1: first 15 minutes, I would say, the first 15 minutes, some of the way that Spurs played out, I'm like, this game is shaping up to be, I mean, it's a cliche, but a minor classic. Just, there had been none of this drama around it, which we have to talk about, we yeah, will talk yeah. about. The way that Saar in particular was drawing coverage and stepping out of these tiny gaps with two players pressing, knowing full well what happens if he loses possession, Porro is brilliant. And then just turning him to attack. And Madison, I, look, I knew Madison was good. Don't get me wrong. I knew he had a great sort of technical level, but the, the assurance, the decision-making, the touch, like, you know, both feet. Weirdly though, the funny, this guy, Madison will shoot from 20 or 30 yards, but he won't pass with his, with his left, but he won't play through ball so much with his left, which is fascinating. Because I'm like, there's one moment in the first half, he gets a chance for a count, and he's literally hit this beautiful curler that, Allison deals very easily. And like two mm. minutes later, it's like, could have played a pass as left foot. No, I won't do that. It's about like a cat. The cat will go out the back door, but won't come in the back door, which is fascinating. Um, Madison, gorgeous playmaker. Um, Richarlison, incredible effort down the flanks. Mm. And just, and, and Mickey van der Ven is light speed quick. <laughs> this man is light speed. He's
2: a, he's a great vibe, van der Ven.
1: So the whole thing, so I just wanted to praise Spurs up top before we get into the kind of, how well Liverpool played and also the incident.
2: Yeah. It's new, it's exciting, it's fresh. The fans are all on board and they're playing some really good stuff. They had a really n- nice start to the season which let them get a bit of momentum going into the Arsenal game which they played really well mm. in. That result could have gone either way. If they'd lost there and then lost against Liverpool, it would have, you would have imagined them taking a massive dip. But the fact that they've got through those games with four points, mm. it's like... F- they won't caveat that with the incidents because you just don't, I don't no, think no. when you're on a roll. Like you shouldn't, that. you shouldn't. But you can see a side that is playing with proper confidence. And I know that's football analysis 101, but it's it's been a while since you've seen a Spurs side with be that, that swagger. Kind of like at swagger. Home, Do you know really.
1: the one problem they're gonna have now, actually, people are gonna watch Spurs and think, hang on a minute, the lesson we can take from all this is we get in real trouble when we come out and seek the ball mm. because they love it. They love three players collapsing on them and they'll find their spaces so now Spurs will have a problem and we saw it with the, actually with the, the red card, with the two red cards, Spurs did have more of a problem against Liverpool when Liverpool really sat off them yeah. because they will had to, had to make do, actually shut Liverpool for their incredible chance creation. By the time of the red, they'd had like the several shots They as well. Like- they got a ton of shots off. If there's any frustration for them, they could have said maybe potentially we could have got out of this with a, with a point. Um,
2: well, I mean, yeah, that's the cruel thing. We'll, we'll talk about let's, that. So, so let's couple. get
1: into all of the action. So Liverpool starting really well, um, having less of the boredom Spurs, but actually getting some really good, good, good efforts off, shots off. Diaz looked really sharp early on.
2: I mean, him him coming back fully fit for Liverpool has been a major part of why they started the season so strong.
1: Really, and then you know Curtis Jones, who's been a you know brilliant this season. Again, shout out mm. to Tifo for a great video about his impact. Gets the red. I mean,
2: talk about playing like. Absolute fan service to Musa Oguanga. Listen, hook that to Tief my Tifo doing a video about Curtis Jones. They knew
1: their market. <laughs> Love Curtis Jones, wonderful player. And also, a red for a tackle. And here's the thing. I mean, there's, we, we've been playing amateur football in Germany for a couple of years. We've seen those things. Those are the automatic. Those are automatic reds, I think, a lot of those. I mean, I don't think, look, I don't think it was. I looked at the tackle and I thought... I think he was unlucky. I think he went for the ball and I think his foot went over the top of the ball and into um it SAR, he caught.
2: Persuma, no?
1: Was it Persuma he caught? Um, I mean how how did you see the re- the red card? It's a
2: really interesting thing that when the referee goes over to look at the monitor for the first time, it's freeze-framed on the impact. Mm. I don't think that helps Curtis Jones, put it that way. I think it's unlucky more than harsh. You see his foot goes over the ball and it's a bit like <sighs> It's unlucky, but I can kind of still understand why has That's it, because no,
1: it's not about intent. It's, well, the man was not trying to, I mean, uh, Gary Neville said this thing about, I've tried to do players before, big admission. I've tried to do, and that's not it. That's not the point. The point is not that. It's that it's, there's a level of, it's extremely unlucky, but you heard the crowd gasp when the replay went up.
2: Yeah, and, they're gasping at the impact, which I get. Yeah, and like,
1: that's, the, yeah. that's the thing. Ultimately, are we judging, are you judging foul play by recklessness? Because it's not about like, cruelty because we've seen red cards for tackles that weren't intended to be Mm. cruel and we've seen yellow cards for tackles that were cruel that didn't make that thankfully didn't connect badly right so I just think it's one of those ones where it's it's, it's like like penalties you've seen them given and you understand Mm. why they're given Like I saw that red card I thought I could see why that's a yellow but I understand why it's a red
0: I can can
1: see that being a yellow and I get why it would be yellow and I understand why it's a red Liverpool's as well to their credit then come out and take the lead. They were brilliant and took the lead through Luis Diaz. This,
2: this goal was so spiritually onside it was actually onside. Thank you. Right, it was yeah, Thank. perfect. Love
1: this. So um, Diaz cuts in great finish. He's been brilliant Such all half. Such an amazing goal. It's a wonderful goal. Um, I think Salah, Salah plays him in. Amazing goal. That's 1-0 to Liverpool having gone um, a player down and they're looking good.
2: Well, they were looking good.
1: And then, as everyone knows, the goal's disallowed because the AI thought they'd confirmed the goal. So it's it's, it's, it's a horrifying mix-up. It's the worst possible mix-up.
2: Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad.
1: It's appalling, appalling human error. But here's the thing we say, and I say this as a law student from my old days, we always said that hard cases make bad law. What we mean is you can overreact to an individual incident by making a law that governs everything and I think there's a danger here of an overreaction against a terrible decision, which then has impacts across all of football. And it's not, it's actually like get better officiating, have better procedure. But like the actual, that will happen one in like 10,000 times the case that this is looked at.
2: Yeah, I think there's a really easy solution for this, for this, one, though, and I actually think that the fallout of it is horrible. Yeah, for sure, we've seen human, massive human error happen a few times in Premier League, the Premier League VAR era. Mm. There was one of what even last year when Ars- uh, Brentford's goal against Arsenal shouldn't have stood mm. because they drew the lines in the wrong place. Yeah. Same happened for a Palace game. Mm. Was it Palace Brighton? That same week, mm. you know, you can't be looking at a screen uh, and being like, okay, that's clearly on side and all of a sudden it's like goal giving you're You like uh, goal disallowed and you're like what? Mm. How? That's just that's a kind of a new low of standards I yeah. think Yeah, and I think that the all this really does is just that it it's going to take responsibility away from the referees because I think you're just going to see this Um, they'll probably fast track that uh, automatic offside detection thing through that they've done in the Champions League and the World Cup mm. which I think just eliminates, it just eliminates this.
1: Well, can, we, can I talk about why this is such a big story? Because I was like seeing all the fallout and going, this is awful, this is an appalling decision, all the rest of it. And then Evan was going, this is the thing in, in a tight game and title races. And this is my kind of hot take, I suppose. The margins for error. And of course, like you know, Spurs hit the lead a few minutes later. Beautifully, yeah. beautifully constructed team goal, by the way. Yeah, great goal. And then Liverpool get another red card, uh, Jota, and hold out. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. again the, jo- the Jota one is just like the first one is just not a yellow card at all, mm, right? but he knows he's on a yellow card so probably m- maybe don't make that tackle when you're on a yellow
1: right and then even after all of that they still hold out with nine men until the depths of injury time and Matip scores an own goal I mean tired legs maybe you know you just swing at something you see it and you go to yourself Matip doesn't do that because Matip was defending beautifully yeah for he most was again.
2: heartbroken as well
1: dude like Matip was, Matip was just tired that's like you know you're, you're flat yeah. out Ninety-six minutes in front of a, you know an away crowd, you swing a leg at it, and that's just his tired legs, tired mind. As we were saying mm-hmm. earlier, with the bright
2: and like I say, they must have had to work because like, that Spurs team will move you around, that's, right? And that's right. They induce that, like yeah. And d- doing that with ten men is difficult. Doing it with nine for a, the last period of the game. How many like own intense. goals did
1: Fabregas force? Because he just kept the pressure on so much. People just slice into yeah. it. Net. Yeah, because the ball just keeps coming back, and eventually you make a mistake. But I want to say this about Liverpool and their reaction to this, and the reaction of the club and the fans online and all the rest of it. This is a fan base that has had to watch Jurgen Klopp, arguably the greatest manager in their history, win more points than any other second place team twice. It's an outstanding Liverpool team with almost no silverware. And they are finishing consistently behind Manchester City who have over 100 charges of financial, you know, mismanagement and regulation. Oh,
2: now, but, this, but the this City is, fans are going to get an no,
1: no, this is the reason why it matters. This is the reason why it matters. It's because when I first saw the reaction to it, I was like, I was kind of like, yeah, that's really unfair. That's really unjust. That's terrible officiating, but it shouldn't be this painful. And I thought, why is it painful for Liverpool? It's because they're seeing it play out again. This isn't just Mm -hmm. about this result. This is about watching a team with vastly superior financial resources, like Liverpool aren't broke, but they are looking at a team where you cannot afford to drop points because you know the consequences. You you can drop a game, you can drop points in a game, 20 games back and City won't give you a look-in. And that's because not only of the money, it's also about all the charges against City. And I saw that and I was like, when I saw the Liverpool rage at this outcome, you know, from the fans and from the club, I thought this is more. This is not just about, this isn't just about like this VR decision.
2: The thing that I disagree with is is that there's this like agenda and it's a, a malice thing. It's incompetence. It's not like corruption it's just incompetence. Yeah, and I think that it's the cost of the incompetence.
1: That's the cost of it. Yeah. It's
2: the cost of the incompetence. I mean, the worst thing is that they they made Gary Neville Ke- when Kelly Case read out the statement from the PGMOl on Sky Sports on after the game on Saturday. It made Gary Neville turn into my nan when I'm telling her about something. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. oh, no. oh he didn't, did he? Oh no! He didn't draw the lines, oh, did he? no, no! Did no, he not no. draw the lines? Oh no! no. They've broken Gary. <laughs> Hey, listen, PGMOL, broken football, broken Gary Neville.
1: (laughs) Just a a nightmare decision and maybe just speaks to the Premier League's priorities, actually.
2: But then you see all this stuff's coming out afterwards being like, oh, the referee team actually were refereeing in the United Arab Emirates 48 hours before and, or 72 hours before and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah, I mean, probably doesn't really matter, but doesn't look great that you
1: I just think the Liverpool fan base looking at it was like it's hard enough as it is it's hard enough as you know we are on this massive unbeaten run playing some really good football have actually fixed a lot of problems ironed out a lot of problems you know the the additions of McAllister and Soboslai have been superb you've got Jones playing you know balling out you've got so many things working you've got Gakpo actually showing some pretty pretty good centre Mm forward instincts in and around the box I was impressed by some of that you know um, his sharpness increases the game went on I, I really liked a lot of the stuff he was doing there Liverpool have managed that transition really well and kept pace in a way that frankly I'm, I'm surprised if you look at them at a certain point in last season I'm amazed they're back up to speed as quick as they are mm. you've got all of that to deal with and you've come to all those challenges and then you have three pieces of officiating Jota Jones to varying extents some can argue the toss on those but certainly the disallowed goal by Diaz you can see why it's just led to this like and've and I've seen normally um quite sanguine quite sanguine Liverpool fans talking about conspiracy, and I'm like and I wrote to her I said that's how bad it's got. I don't believe these things are a conspiracy, but that's how bad it's got.
2: yeah, but they're also when um so VAR decisions and referee decisions have become such a like a front and center point of because i think I, th- I think there's an interesting thing going on, mm. standards have dropped, but also um Decisions are being, I think, analysed even more than they were pre-VAR because VAR creates a, a level of uh, distance from an individual. Mm. So I feel like people are a lot more comfortable on the whole just laying into VAR as a concept, mm. as opposed to because you're not like just bashing a referee. Then yes, that it's so contentious as well because it's technology. Some people want it, some people don't. An interesting thing about this is that people calling for this as an example to get rid of VAR, hard, the goal
1: still gets disallowed. Hard cases make bad law, I'm telling you.
2: This needs to be your TV show catchphrase. Moose Akwonga, attorney at large. Yes, that's it. Like I always say. And then everyone joins in who's that's watching. It. Hard cases, cases make, make bad, bad law. law. Say it, <laughs> say it, Moose. Hard say
1: cases it. make bad law. But it's true, we always did this. And it was like, don't overreact to the individual the individual moment. Like, and look, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to tell Liverpool fans to feel any calmer about this today because how can they? Because this is, and also it's because Spurs are now coming, right? So Spurs, are, there's a thing now where it's one thing losing to a team where the head-to-head is not as important, like let's say a Crystal Palace. Spurs mm-hmm. are a team who could really be in the mix. Like, this is how good Spurs are and they haven't really made major additions. Daniel Levy must be absolutely purring at this point.
2: Do we need to, I don't know, are this <laughs> The the football discourse is a wash of ways to fix football because of the VIR thing. I just think this, I, I don't think it even really needs that debate. I think that there have been a few errors now in terms of drawing lines, where, where they've drew lines. The line discourse is just a bit like, ugh, just the the automated offside thing. Mm. It's just the easiest way to clear this up. Yeah. And actually, what would be really interesting for me, I think, is if you, if you brought in something, because something like that is literally you're off or you're on. If that comes in as automated, I think I would be in favour of scaling back a little bit of what VAR could check for after that. I think
1: what I would rather do, sorry to be more radical than you, but I think I'd actually have an AI adjudicator and actually would... i oh, actually, I'm shaking, my head. On the shaking ba- my head. On the balance of, you know, have you been good people? Are you nice? Um, have you done work in the community? Have you had previous offsides against you? Have you had injustices? So basically like one team, you have to have like one injustice every season.
2: Do you know what I think should actually happen is that instead of it actually going to a VAR room in Stockley Park, mm. I think what should happen is when it, when you send something to VAR or whatever happens to it, just bin the rule book, Actually, <laughs> just bin it, right? Because just if we're gonna, if it's gonna be shit, then can we at least have some fun with it, right? So up on the big screen, when it gets sent to VAR, it's just a huge digital magic eight ball,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the magic eight ball decides. Amazing. And it just says, signs
1: point to yes. Like in the Hunger Games.
2: (laughs) VAR checking offside goal, and the Magic 8 ball comes back and says, better not tell you now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One thing I'd also love, you know, if they did start releasing the audio to VR decisions, can you imagine the kind of small talk we'd be picking up? Oh, do you know? I wonder what's for tea tonight. I mean, oh God, I can't, can't imagine all oh, the training. What you got there, Dennis? <laughs> the salt and vinegar McCoys. Oh, I On, love the salt
2: and vinegar. McCoy's. Oh no, wait!
1: Decision, decision, guys, guys! Action stations, decision.
2: <laughs> Did they give the goal? I was licking my fingers because I got salt and vinegar all over my fingers. The salt and vinegar McCoy's go what oh, they get right. In. Oh, he's giving the goal. Oh no, he didn't give the goal, and you've caused a massive shitstorm because you were licking crisp crumbs off your fingers. <laughs> That is a, a fictional dramatization of what happened in the Stockley Park VR PA art room. Like, just in case, That's, legally, I'm crying. I'm crying. Other Chris manufacturers are available. It's
1: salt and vinegar skits.
2: <laughs> it's just fucking. Do you know what? It's boring, though, isn't it? It's like yeah. you've got a, you've got a set of fans who are like, understandably, really, really pissed off about it. You've got a set another set of fans who won the game and obviously don't really give a shit about it. At that moment,
1: at this point, yeah, at this point.
2: Nine tenths of English football media losing their collective minds about it, but also a load of people behind the scenes loving it because it's generating yeah. hashtag content. You know, you know, that and that the officials like. and
1: the officials in the middle of all of it. And I know that's you can't extend. You know, some might say it's sympathy for the devil, but these officials at the middle of it all who've made um just a really just an awful decision and just have to sit
2: with that. You know, you and listen, and then you've got Howard Webb moving like a refereeing Todd Bowley, who's just like, <laughs> no one thought it was going to be that chaotic. Like the PGMOL, and like I say that, I feel like really? I say this a lot.
1: You didn't think that
2: refereeing should not be this interesting.
1: Yes, it's true. It's true. It's true.
2: It just shouldn't be. They need to do something about it. Mm. Uh, I don't know what that is. I think the I, I like, actually. I think this, like I said, the the automated offside thing. Mm. It's just the easiest way to get rid of that. Mm. Because there have been, like I said, there have been a few human error in terms of offsides in the Premier League. And I think just just do that and scrap. I and also
1: think automated offsides are really cool. It's like getting a speed camera, isn't it?
2: Take the referee's little fucking, like, take the response. Like, like, oh, I like doing the offsides. It's like, well, you should have thought about that before you fucked it up, shouldn't you? <laughs> right. Giving a goal. Right. Not giving a goal that you thought was given. <laughs> what have I told you about check-in? I want Howard Webb to go in and talk to them like a parent. Like, what did I tell you would happen if you did? What did I tell you? What is it? What no? What? What did I tell you? I said I'd take offsides away from you, didn't I? Too busy yes, with the snout. Howard.
1: Too busy with the snout and the salt and vinegar. Yes, Howard.
2: Yeah. <laughs> In fact, do you know what? Fuck VAR. I'll sit there in a room. You can just come to me and I'll give it the whacking Phoenix Emperor. Like any decision. VAR checking offside goal. And I'll just go, I dream, of, I dream of it. I dream of it. But do you know what's great? No lines and no one sees the replay. Only I get to see the no replay. No transparency. No transparency. I'm gonna, do, you know what, do you know what football needs? It needs to be a fucking autocracy. That's what it is. Humans can't be trusted. The system's broke. I'll fix it. Give it to me. <laughs> Can you tell I've not had a lot of sleep?
1: You need to podcast at this all the time. This is incredible. One, three
2: hours sleep yeah, and a yes. shitload of coffee. Yeah,
1: this is this is actually your final form.
2: Moose is only going to let me podcast now after a hideously early flight. <laughs> I'm, ha- anyway, I'm having a great time. I hope that's cheered everyone up because VAR is pissing everyone off. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway. Only Spurs and Arsenal are the the they're the last unbeaten teams in the Premier League this season. Mm. Seems quite
1: nice. Still very early days though, so Liverpool, I hope you bounce back from that um, soon enough.
2: I think Liverpool. Yeah, I hope that just doesn't check their momentum too much yeah, because they yeah. were putting together a nice little run of yeah. run of stuff. So, I reckon we take a break, huh? Let's do it. All right, man, can we talk about one of the most chaotic games of the weekend? Uh, Leipzig 2, Bayern two. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Leipzig sporting director Max Ebel was just inexplicably fired the day before because why not? And there have been denied rumours of links to Bayern.
1: Another sporting director, another German sporting director, dare I say it, he's failed to connect with the club he went to. So we had Miz <laughs> Tat, now we've got So, like, sporting directors <laughs> having a moment right now.
2: Also, Max Ebel, go, talk about, like, hero to villain. Like Wild quick time and heel if he, turn. he can he can he can complete the the full heel turn if he does the Bayern. So if he goes Even the, bigger the heel back turn to Leipzig than to, to Bayern. I know, right? What wow. the hell? Wow. Um Leipzig went 2 0 up in this game. Uh no one seemed to be asked about defending that much, which was really fun. Mm. Um Harry Kane penalty got Bayern back into it and then a Leroy goal. Yes. Who can we talk about it's all very quiet about uh, slagging off Leroy Sané this season, isn't it? Mm. He's, he's, in, he's in form this
1: year but I think also He's played really well. He has played really well but he's also got uh, Harry Kane as a, as a pivotal point in the attack. Hmm. Sané, like, he did some nice things last season in the nine role but he's not a nine. He's a wide player that plays off someone and I think Kane being there his impact has been I mean, spectacular already. Was it nine goals yeah. already? Yeah, he's great. Unbelievable,
2: yeah, yeah. And he's just a sure thing from the spot, isn't it? It's yeah. like, Apart from
1: yeah, I can hear him be like yeah. Apart from the France game, <laughs> so yeah. yeah so um, yeah, Kane, Kane, superb. Uh, Sané, superb. Um, Thomas Tuchel gave it, giving uh, a post match interview for the ages. <laughs> Do Archie Rentouch shout out to him? Um, just talking very frankly about Bayern's failure to execute. Mm. Ultimately, a good result for Bayern. Um, just because a better, but, better
2: result for Leverkusen.
1: Yes, true, true, true.
2: Uh, who are two points clear of Bayern? Uh, one point clear of second place Stuttgart the top of the Bundesliga Bayer Leverkusen Stuttgart Bayern München what is this 2005 wild isn't it are we have we gone back in time Dormund
1: with a great win as well they pulled one out uh,
2: yeah on Friday night against Hoffenheim mm. but um, yeah Bayer Leverkusen beating Mainz 3-0 Stuttgart beating uh, Köln 2-0 uh, Mainz Köln and Bochum. well Mainz and Köln but in particular have only had, had a point each this season mm. Um. Both struggling to get, get going. But um Union. Union fourth straight defeat in the league, five fifth fifth straight in all competitions. Mm-hmm. They haven't scored a goal. Sorry, they've scored one goal, which was against Wolfsburg since they beat Darmstadt four one, which was on the twenty sixth of August. So they came out of the block, scored that what they had back to back four one to four one wins, mm-hmm. and then they've really, really struggled to score since. Um a little bit worried about them. Not Nothing lie. they can't
1: fix, but a little, well, a
2: little, but but a little concerned. First Champions League game at home tomorrow against Braga. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that kickstarts them back into gear because they go to Dortmund on the weekend.
1: And it suddenly feels like they need something, doesn't it? It
2: yeah, suddenly I mean, feels they need something, yeah. They've, I mean, they've only played one Champions League game, so I don't think the Champions League, you know, this is a side that's been play, playing in Europe the last couple of years, so I don't think it's the the three games of. You know, in eight days or whatever it is, the three games a week thing. Uh, They just can't score goals. Mm, Yeah. Very quickly, shouts to Real Sociedad for winning the Bass Derby. They were great against uh, Athletic Club 3 0. Uh, Real Madrid beat Girona 3 0 and to go top.
1: Incredible assist from Jude Bellingham outside of the right foot um, and he scored again as well. Uh, So he Mm. assisted Drusello and scored as well.
2: Barcelona beating Sevilla 1 0. Thanks to Sergio Ramos' own goal. Sergio Ramos,
1: Barcelona Twitter. I've rarely seen it so united in euphoria. Yeah,
2: a lot of e-walking. And going you up. just saw there was a lot this, of e-walking. Ah, going. Ah, ah.
1: Like, <laughs> I actually got a screenshot of Ramos's face just start, when he rolled his eyes. I was like, I know, like you could feel the memes coming.
2: Yeah, he was basically just like, I fucking knew this would happen.
1: Yeah, here we go again. Like, first time and he played back really well. Playing, but yeah, he played. really did play well. it Was outstanding until then.
2: Yeah, it's a fun game that actually. Yeah. Atletico uh, um, Madrid coming from 2-0 down against Cardiff Yes, very good comeback 2-1, 3-2 two, 2 for Correa 1 for Molina Um, A
1: Quick shout Serie First of all sort of, uh, at the top of it all Victor awesome cap with a statement basically saying uh, the people of Naples and I cannot be divided um, just reiterating that he's, he knows that the people of Naples support him um, mm. and that he is beloved there and he doesn't want that relationship to change.
2: Good move, that. Yeah, great.
1: Move. Fascinating because he didn't actually refer to the club in the statement. Maybe I'm just being, you know, between the lines. But um, I think that's just a question of like, no matter what the ongoing contract negotiation is, he's basically making clear that I know I'm appreciated, which is kind of what we said. Like, there was no indication yeah. that fans were on him more than it was more. No, I
2: mean, this is a place that, like, you know, murals are everywhere. Kids are wearing yeah. the mask. People are releasing like, like drill tunes. shirts. People are seeing yeah, drill tunes like, about him. Yeah, yeah, they love him there. So they, love their, they 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 really get behind their players there. And this is we said the club has just been a little, in a little bit of a shambles for. Yeah, 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 yeah. The ownership's got to
1: like have a look at itself. Um, mm-hmm. But on, on a brighter note, uh, Latar Martinez with four goals in half an hour mm-hmm. against Selena Tana. four 0 win. Uh, came on quite late and just. Did great things. Great finishing for him. Milan beating Lazio 2-0. Pulisic. Mm. Sorry,
2: Inter, Inter needed that result after the Sassuolo g- game in midweek. They did. They they, yeah, they really, game did, game. really
1: did. They really did. But they came back in style as mm. they so often do. Milan with a really good win over Lazio. 2-0 at home. Two assists for Rafael Liao. Um, Pulisic looks so happy there. And, uh, good goal. And Okafor with a second. Yep. Yep. Really good goal. So, Milan are rolling. And Atlanta 0-0. And, and the Juventus, 0-0. Nil, nil. Okay. Someone, said, Matteo Benetti said, he said, "It's so funny. What's up with Juventus? They look great against Lazio and average against everyone else."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lazio are bringing out people's best shot in a couple of games this season. Mm. It feels like they're bringing out some strong performances from people.
2: Yeah, yeah. Good out for Romelu Lukaku.
1: Yeah, he got one against Frosinone. Got the opener. They beat uh, Frosinone two uh, nil. Quite a good game, good there, kit actually. That. Incredible,
2: strong kit. kit. Listen, But levels. Roma's switch to Adidas has been extremely pleasing on Rome the, the eye. Yeah. yeah. Quick shout for Liga. yeah. Good goal for Foller and Balogun for Monaco as they beat Marseille 3 2 at home. We mentioned Clem on foot's 0 0 draw with PSG. Mm. So Monaco top, rest second after they drew uh, with Nice.
1: Liga is really good this year. Oh, also just a quick shout if we jump across the waters um, in the Super Classico, Boca beating, is it River Plate beating Boca 2 0? Um (laughs) Simon Rondon with a hilariously scrappy opening goal. <laughs> Very intense game, but yeah. Um,
2: yeah, they beat him at the uh,
1: Bombinieri. Yeah, that's uh-huh. there's talk about Boca basically because they've got the Libertadores semi coming up. Mm. So they did a bit of player rotation, and that counted against them apparently. So that was an issue. But yeah, always um, a great atmosphere that game.
2: I see Mamor Lanzini playing in that River Plate side as well. Love that film.
1: I love that
0: film.
2: Should we quickly shout out the? Um, Jefferson Soteldo, who stood on the ball uh, for place for Santos, stood on the ball while they were be- uh, Santos were beating Vasco, and uh, this is wild. Yeah, this is just.
1: <laughs> there were only there was it was only like ten minutes into the second half. It was only 3-1. 10
2: minutes into the second half, and he's standing on the ball. I said I said it to the right house group she's like, deserved. <laughs> <laughs> just asking questions, so
1: Just asking questions. Stood on the ball. 10 minutes into the second half, three went up. He effed around and found out.
2: He definitely effed around and he definitely found he did, out. He did, he did, he did. He's one for one.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, man. I, th- I know we've kind of like whizzed around some of that other stuff, but I feel like the Premier League was such a centre of gravity. It was, it just it felt, you know, sometimes this this you don't weekend.
1: want to always just like go over ground that's been repeatedly dug up, but it was, just, it was inescapable, wasn't it? Because it felt like it was more than just that game, but about the wider context of the Premier League and what it's chosen to prioritize and what it hasn't. And like, you know, when you have these officiating decisions, it's not that they lead to widespread calls of, oh, it's it's a a plot, it's not a plot against Liverpool. What it is, is you prioritize so many things like the financial growth, um, no checks and balances, that people are basically like, they're reduced to like every single result mattering. And that's hard enough. It's hard enough when you're out-resourced financially. It's hard enough when people, are, when clubs are owned by countries, it's tough enough. But when decisions that are, that are going against you, <clears> mm. that should be going for you, it becomes unbearable at a certain point, at least for a few days at a time. <laughs>
2: it's never a conspiracy unless it's against your club. That's right. That's right. That's all you got to remember, everyone. Yeah. It's a key, key part of football I mean, You
1: say that, but we say that while well, Barcelona are under investigation for paying millions of euros. <laughs> so, you know.
2: Anyway, yes. Champions League this week. Uh, I am probably most looking forward to, apart from Union's home game against Braga. Are you going, to, that's are going be. to any of the games? I am not, no. Oh. But I'm looking forward to Napoli against Real Madrid. Oh, yes. yeah. Any games you're looking forward to?
1: I would, look, I mean, Evan, Evan knows my hips, the heart is out. Evan knows for me it's Napoli-Real. Also, Napoli-Real is really exciting for Victor Osman to go in and be like, okay, you know what? The city's on my side. Let's make something exciting. Because look, he may not sign that deal. I don't think he actually should in terms of his career arc. I don't personally think he should sign the long, a long-term deal at Napoli. I would love for Napoli to get good money for him because it would be good for the fan base. Mm. Not the biggest fan of the owners at Napoli, but we've talked about that on Righty's House and other times. But what an amazing thing to say, you know what, let's have a really great run in the Champions League and the league this year, see what we can do. Um, and if I do leave end of the season then leave on the best possible terms, starting with tomorrow night against Real Madrid. What could be a better fixture? to show unity between fan base and player than a big performance against Real. And, th- and they're kind of there for the taking, actually.
0: Mm. You know.
2: Yeah, it'd be a good game, I think. Yeah, uh, I'm disappointed in you. No? What's that? Because you you made this whole thing about, like, oh, the, the hipster in me. Yeah. And then you didn't pick Sporting against Atalanta in the Europa League. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> that would
1: have been the ultimate. That would have been the ultimate, wouldn't it? Go
2: away and think about that. That's, that's that is your equivalent Of assuming that the goal was given, I'm not even putting the lines (laughs) in. (laughs) On that gigantic, unforgivable human error from (laughs) Rutek, should we get out of it?
1: Absolutely. And listen, and we can guarantee this podcast will not be pulled back after the final whistle. Once this podcast is out, there'll be no review of this podcast. This is the only version of this podcast you're getting,
2: dude. If VAR gets cancelled before you do, then the world—we know that the world is done for.
1: What's the world coming to? Listen, gang, it's been a pleasure. Uh, We should bounce.
2: Yeah, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, wherever you are in the world. Um, Kissing those badges. Kiss kiss those badges. Kiss those badges, people. First day of work, kiss the badge. (laughs) Run out of your building to the place that you used to work and just do a knee slide in front of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. How you like me now? (laughs) Cut the ear.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Kiss the badge of your new place. Cut the ear.
0: (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh what a uh, silly podcast right on that note everyone uh, much love uh, don't forget to check right's house yeah. check count the press we'll be back with you on Thursday don't forget to check the Stadio play playlist on Spotify speaking of which we're playing out on Shira Small Eternal Life anything you'd like to add on, nothing further <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone see you Thursday see you then
3: In realization